0: Hounicon. Hounicon.
1: Hounicon. Hanicon. Hounicon. You're listening to Hounicon Podcast, highlighting citizen Podwatomi Nation issues, members, and more. Paige Willett, Nadesh Nakas, Borewadme, and Dow. I'm your host, Paige Willett, CPN Tribal member and employee. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and rate us. During this episode, we visit the CPN professional basketball team's first home game, discuss Sexual Assault Awareness Month with the Victims Advocate, and talk with an apparel designer and CPN employee about Native fashion. Citizen Potawatomi Nation's new professional basketball team, the Potawatomi Fire, played its first home game on Saturday, March 19, 2022. An affiliate of the basketball league, the Fire calls Fire Lake Arena its home court. Approximately 1,400 fans attended the game against the Little Rock Lightning from Arkansas. The teams took the court for tip-off at 7.30 p.m. Tim Russell is production director for the fire and he pointed out everything the evening requires.
0: We have a DJ, we have dancers, we have fan cam, we have sponsors, we have all sorts of different things that we have to get in each game and in each timeout at the halftime. So it's uh, a lot, a lot of moving parts. My feet are sore.
1: His crew kept things running smoothly and fans enjoyed the game's fast pace. CPN tribal members were in the audience, including James Bradford with his wife Jill. James is a Lewis and Wilmette family descendant. They decided to buy tickets for a fun date night, and both are big sports fans. James played basketball in high school. Both appreciated the arena's many upgrades in preparation for the first home game, including new jumbotrons and a new court.
2: I like it. It looks good. It looks very good. Like the new video boards. Yeah. The-
1: Shawnee Mayor Ed Bolt is a fan of the new arena amenities as well. He attended with his family who have season tickets.
0: You know, the first impression when we were driving up and I saw all the cars around the arena and I just thought, you know, that was so cool to see. And I knew we'd have a good crowd tonight and this is going to be just so much fun. I mean, I just love it.
1: A big basketball fan himself, he's added the fire to his list of favorite teams, along with the Boston Celtics, Oklahoma City Thunder, and University of Oklahoma Sooners. He thinks the team's presence in Pottawatomie County will be a boost to the local economy and morale.
0: Oh, well, how, how can it not be? You've got all these people down here having a good time. And, you know, they're going to go out and they're going to eat, and there's going to be folks stay overnight. And, I mean, it's just good for the whole area. Everything about it is great for Shawnee area.
1: CPN's First National Bank employee, Amanda Astala also feels hopeful for the fire's impact on the surrounding area. I think tonight is like a night in history for Shawnee, so this is our first night to
2: have fire here. So I think that's huge, and hopefully it'll draw more people to the Shawnee community.
1: Fire fan and Astala's friend, Kinder Haney, said she just had to be in the stands for the first game and attended with her seven-year-old son, Creed.
2: get to bring my kids who play basketball, give them something to kind of look forward to.
1: The evening presented another youth a huge opportunity to perform in front of the community. CPN tribal member and Tupin family descendant Piper Whitecotton is a member of the heat dance team for high schoolers. During the second quarter, they performed to Charlie Boy's I Look Good.
3: I keep saying it, but it's just really fun and it makes me smile. And I'm just like laughing, while we're all dancing on the side, like going like. And then when a song comes on, we all know we're just like singing it and we're just having fun all together and just enjoying
1: each other's company. In the fourth quarter, the Fire surpassed the 100-point mark when number 7 Theo Johnson scored a second free throw with approximately seven minutes left in the game. The Fire's mascot, Mo the Wolf, cheered on the team and hyped the crowd as they celebrated the accomplishment. Mo is short for Mo'oe, the Potawatomi word for wolf. The Fire won the game with a final score of 123-93. to Afterward, the team, including Fire Lake director David Qualls, met the fans on the court. Oh,
3: we're just excited. We had a great crowd tonight. Everything was good. Of course, we had a big
1: win. The guys finally are playing in front of fans, and you can see. And just uh, everybody, they're just signing autographs and all. Production director Tim Russell looks forward to continuing to work on this unique opportunity to bring professional basketball to Pottawatomie County.
0: Uh, having this type of entertainment and this type of sports at, on this scale is uh, kind of unheard of in rural Oklahoma. So just like any other things that have come in that we never thought would happen, here's this basketball team and it's, it's great for rural Oklahoma.
1: Find out more about the Pottawatomie Fire and buy tickets online at pottawatomiefire.com. Visit FireLake Arena on the web at FireLakeArena.com. April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention labels sexual assault a, quote, serious public health problem in the U.S. According to the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, an American is sexually assaulted every 68 seconds. CPN's House of Hope is a victim's resource and advocacy center for anyone in the surrounding community. Prevention and education specialist Kayla Woody sat down with Tribal Communications Coordinator Rachel Vishnov to discuss sexual assault statistics, prevention, advocacy, policy, and more. This April
4: marks the 21st anniversary for Sexual Assault Awareness Month. The fight for awareness and prevention goes back. Much farther than that. For so long, so many saw sexual violence and abuse as something that happened behind closed doors. Um, and, you know, these survivors started coming out and talking about it, and it really just made this huge impact. And that's where we get the Violence Against Women's Act that was passed by Congress. And it included provisions for rape, um, for battering, that could really focus on prevention. Um, And it also provided a lot more funding for victim services. Um, So, you know, it it funded, you know, organizations just like ours to be able to really help um, survivors.
3: Um, So what is sexual assault?
4: There was one definition that I found from the NSVRC, which is the National Sexual Violence Resource Center. And it actually states that sexual assault is any type of unwanted sexual contact Um, This includes words and actions of any sexual nature nature against a person's will and without their consent. And this can be used with force, threats, manipulation, and coercion.
3: What is consent then?
4: We really want to make sure that people understand that consent is an agreement between um, participants to engage in sexual activities. Consent should always be clearly and freely given and consent cannot be given by individuals who are underage, um, who are intoxicated or, you know, incapacitated by drugs or alcohol. Um, and consent can also not be given by anyone who is asleep or unconscious. You know, consent is one of those things that it's, it's a right as a person to have. Um, and I get to decide who I freely give that to and when I decide to take that away.
3: Could you speak more to how sexual violence and sexual assault impact um, communities across the United States? And maybe also about how specifically they impact Native communities?
4: So many people who have been affected by sexual violence see lasting psychological and emotional and even physical effects. I mean, we see things like PTSD. We see you know, suicidal thoughts, anxiety, depression, um, eating disorders, as well as, you know, sexually transmitted diseases. It's going to have a huge impact on our community. It's affecting it financially as well because there's so much that goes into that, you know, having to cover medical expenses. Um, It is a huge expense for the survivor because they have to go through exams and, you know, counseling and they're missing work. We see that Native women actually experience rape at 2.5 times times um, more than any other race. What's really sad about that is most Native women do not report. So this number could be even even higher. I was really curious, you know, why, why, are, why are Native women not reporting? Why are they not going forward? One of the number one reasons I found was because their crimes are not being prosecuted. I actually found some information that stated that 67% of sexual assault cases with Native women are declined, Um, and that came from the Government Accountability Office. That's a huge number. Um, That's more than half. That's almost three quarters of our Native women are not receiving um, the prosecutions that that they deserve to have. And I did see from that same report that 80% of these crimes, of course, are committed by non-Native men, which makes it very difficult for these tribal courts to, you know, take any type of prosecution against them. You know, it's affecting not just them, but their families, their daughters, their granddaughters.
3: Uh, What do you think is necessary to address sexual violence, especially in Native communities and making Native communities
4: safer given these jurisdictional and legal issues? Um, I think the most important thing that we can do in our communities is really encourage women to speak up, to let them know that their voice is important, and that we believe them. And I feel like once our Native women can see that their crimes are taken seriously and they're being prosecuted, then more and more will start standing up and start coming forward.
3: Um, So what are some resources and actions that community members or loved ones can take to best support people who are survivors of sexual assault?
4: Number one, we've got to believe them. Actually, we see that only 5% of rape cases are inaccurate or false. It takes extreme courage to come out and tell someone that you've been sexually assaulted. Also, we have got to stop victim blaming. Um, And then, of course, I think it is so important to also encourage those victims to speak out about what's happening to them.
3: And what about ways that communities can work to break cycles of violence? What are some community actions that we can take to better keep everyone safe?
4: Um, so I think in our communities, really um, bringing education to those um, who may not understand what sexual assault is, especially our youth, because it you know our youth are the ones who are um, most vulnerable, um, and they experience sexual violence at much higher rates. Um, So being able to explain to them what's acceptable, what's healthy, um, what consent is, you know, when they go into a new relationship with someone, how to set those boundaries so that not only they feel comfortable in that relationship, their partner also feels comfortable.
3: You provide support services throughout the year. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how um, that works outside of just the context of April and Sexual Assault Awareness Month.
4: First and foremost, we provide emergency shelter to anyone who is experiencing domestic violence or sexual assault um, and needs to be safe away from that abuser. If shelter is not um, a feasible option, we we definitely try to locate other avenues to, to keep them safe out of that situation. We also assist with protective orders through their specific tribe or through a county, Um, A protective order can be a great way to keep that victim safe and hold that perpetrator accountable. We also provide a variety of services like safety planning. We, you know, help them with mental health, trying to provide counseling services and um, help them really deal and heal with, with that trauma that's happened We also partner with other organizations, and we have great advocates that will go with a victim to court um, to help really prepare them for what to expect um, and also support them throughout that process because that can be um, extremely anxious um, and overwhelming.
3: What is one of the most important things you want to take away about sexual assault and safety surrounding sexual assault?
4: I just wanna encourage anyone who's had to experience sexual assault to know that you're not alone. We're here to support you, we're here to help you with that. And I also want others who may not know what sexual assault is or may not have a good understanding to you know look us up on, on our website. We provide a lot of information on there about what sexual assault is. It's good to be able to know the information to be supportive.
3: And what about anyone who might be listening to this episode or seeing a lot of content on social media during Sexual Assault Awareness Month, for whom that might be triggering? What would you say to those people?
4: I would say make sure you're taking care of yourself. These types of topics, especially for those of us who have had to endure trauma like that, um, can be extremely triggering and extremely overwhelming, I would definitely encourage anyone um, who may be struggling to reach out to a counselor. And and we have those services to help, you know, victims um, locate a counselor and and really um, pay for those um,
1: sessions if if needed.
3: Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. The House of Hope Crisis Line is available 24-7 at 405-878-4673. If you or someone you know is experiencing sexual assault, stalking, or domestic violence, call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 800-787-3244. Find House of Hope online at cpnhouseofhope.com or on social media. In a time of fast fashion when customers often wear runway-inspired items a few times and then discard them, many indigenous designers and producers focus on creating unique pieces that stand the test of trends. Designer Leslie Deere prefers to make timeless pieces. Her brand, L.A. Deere Apparel, uses classic silhouettes and high-quality fabrics with the potential to
2: outlast the life of the wearer. I consider what I do, the apparel that I make an investment, and they should be things that would last you for a long time, for many occasions, maybe even be handed down um, to another generation to um, be worn and shared and cherished.
1: She started her
2: journey daydreaming about
1: clothes she wanted to make herself while traveling across the country with her parents in the
2: back seat of their car. It it seemed like so far-fetched to actually be able to Think about uh, creating or designing your own clothes, because to me, those were all made like in big factories with manufacturers. And as time went on, you know, I did start making my own dance regalia and um, people uh, would comment on it a lot and um, encourage me to continue sewing.
1: Now she owns a successful apparel company. She has participated in fashion shows, won awards at prestigious native art markets, and dressed highly regarded indigenous thinkers and artists, including United States Poet Laureate Joe Harjo. The recognition affirms Deere's life goals and decision to earn a second bachelor's degree as a non-traditional student.
2: You know, it's kind of like, okay, I feel like I, I, I like what I'm doing and apparently it's working out okay so far.
1: Deer works for Citizen Potawatomi Nation Cultural Heritage Center as the cultural activities coordinator and teaches classes on how to make accessories for regalia and everyday wear. She also hosts open cultural sewing classes. She encourages other indigenous designers to push their brands forward and to keep working. She also reminds them of the time and commitment required to earn a living making their own clothes and accessories. But Dear Knows, the reward of seeing her work out in the world makes it worth
2: it. Sometimes it gets hard and sometimes it's challenging. Um, and sometimes you're tired and, and you just want to stop. But don't ever give up. If you have a dream, if you have a goal, if you have something that you want, uh, don't ever give up and don't let anyone ever change your perspective. Don't let anyone ever dictate to you, your art should be like this. Your art should look like that.
1: Deer incorporates her tribe's Muskogee Nation motifs and designs in wearable art through her fabrics and appliques. She said Plains tribes' motifs and patterns remain dominant in fashion, and that not many designers rely on Southeastern tribes' style. As a child, Deer's exposure to mound builder artwork or its meaning was limited. She learned most of what she knows as an adult.
2: And I felt like it was something that. I had a responsibility to bring forward with me, bring it into the present day um, just so that it's not forgotten. I feel like, you know, I'm kind of like bringing my ancestors along with me and bringing them into the present day and sharing what they did with uh, everybody else.
1: Many of the Eastern Woodlands tribes, including Potawatomi, that worked and lived with French fur traders in the 1700s, began using silk ribbons imported from France and creating ribbon applique as part of their everyday and ceremonial wear, such as ribbon skirts. Today, many Native women across Turtle Island consider them beautiful and very fashionable pieces of their wardrobes, regardless of their tribal affiliation. Other hip Native brands, such as the Native's Clothing, embrace the look of throwback t-shirts, trucker hats, and hoodies, always with a twist to pop culture. Deer believes all of it is a form of expression and makes a statement.
2: I think that it's important for representation, you know. It's another way to put ourselves out there. It's another expression of artwork or another expression of our culture. It's a way to be seen and for people to um, take an interest or learn more or uh, understand parts of our culture.
1: In addition to her website, Deer attends many Native art markets across the country to promote her line and sell her products. The prices across booths surprise some attendees, while others remember the cost of purchasing handmade pieces. It takes dear hours to cut all of the fabric from many of her dresses, and she pointed out her hands
2: touch every piece she sells. I think that people are really surprised sometimes when they take a closer look and realize how much effort, how much thought, um, how much of someone's heart has gone into something as far as even just coordinating colors for things that you do and all of the symmetry in it, all the representation that is put out in our artwork.
1: Many Indigenous beading artists make earrings, barrettes, necklaces, and hat bands not available anywhere else. As an apparel designer, Deere enjoys creating one-of-a-kind skirts and dresses and believes the exclusivity increases their worth.
2: And have you ever, like, put something on and just... uh, It just changes the way you feel when you put it on. You feel like you stand up taller. You feel like it fits you right in the right places. You feel like it hangs right, and it just makes you feel important or special.
1: One of the most rewarding aspects of Deere's fashion career includes seeing a garment's new owner try it on for the first time.
2: The really fun thing is when people go into the dressing room and put it on and come out and look in the mirror, It's like to see their faces sometimes. They just are like, whoa, I love this, or oh, I want this. Dear
1: Hope's Native designers feel inspired by increased attention from outlets like Vogue, as well as shows like Reservation Dogs and Rutherford Falls.
2: There's just no end to the creativity of our Indigenous people. And, you know, every day there's something new out there, and it's just all so amazing and impressive and just beautiful.
1: Find L.A. Apparel online at LADeerApparel.com and on Instagram at L.A. It's time for Learning Language when the CPN Language Department joins us to teach vocabulary, songs, stories, and more. In this segment, Department Director Justin Neely shares a couple of new songs written by the Men's Drum Group he leads.
0: For today's language uh, segment, We're going to talk a little bit about Ngumwenen songs. So we have a a drum group that's been around for uh, a number of years, uh, and they're called ZB West Squirrel Creek. And it's named, obviously, after the the creek that flows right there by the powwow grounds. In the last probably um, maybe two or three years, maybe four, we started kind of developing our own songs. We need at least a couple of veterans or memorial songs. You always want to, to recognize and honor our elders and our warriors. And uh, so that's something that traditionally Native people have always done. We've always kind of respected our veterans and our warriors and the sacrifices that they put out by putting their lives in line, you know, so that we could have a, a good life, if you will. But the first part of it are vocables where it says, yo, yo, away, hi, ya, oh, away, hi, ya, oh, away. And that's the lead. What vocables mean they're, they're sounds that don't have a meaning. A lot of times with older songs, you might have mainly vocal songs, and that might be because the, maybe the words were forgot over time, but the melody still exists, so they kind of just became the song, if you will. And then, ogichidak means warriors, plural. Ogichidak is one warrior. Ogichidak or warriors. Bidigega means to dance in or to come in dancing. Bidge means to enter, like enter something. or And it's in reference to like coming, bringing the bringing the, the flag in, basically. Because a lot of times they'll, they'll carry the flag in, they'll dance the flag in like to the arena or whatnot. And that's kind of what it's talking about. Bidge, they, Gawat, they dance the flag in or they dance in. And then Shemaganeshik means soldiers, plural. she is one soldier. The word actually comes from the word Shemagin. Shemagin is actually a lance or a... Um, or a spear. And what it's talking about is that bayonet that they used to have on the ends of their uh, their rifles way back in the day that kind of sharp bayonet thing. And that's what we saw, so we that's what we talked about when we saw these these soldiers we oh, shamaganeshik the, the ones that carry the their bayonet shamaganeshik. Migadi is the verb to to fight. And then what says they? So it says, you know, these soldiers they fight. That's what they do. Shamaganeshik migadiwat and then the next part is vocables way highway the next line is panay shana magnonic. kawab means always shana is kind of an emphatic it just kind of adds emphasis or kind of ump kind of helps with the flow gkawab magnonic means they watch over us gkawab Koab Megnonic. and this line I will say when we sing it, it comes out a little fast. The verb is koab ma, to watch over. Good koab Megnonic. they watch over us. And like I said, that's a that's a good veteran song. And there's one more song I was I wanted to kind of mention too. Is it's a newer one we've been working on, but I think it's going to be a hit. Um, it's got a really fast upbeat melody, and it says good down nishnabek. We are Nishnabek, and Nishnabek is our original name for ourselves. You know, we're called Potawatomis, but we call ourselves Nishnabek. That's the word that's on the seal, you know, is that Nishnabek. And then Megwa Shoda Eyego. we're still here, we're still here. And that's really the whole lines of it. We're, we're, we're Nishnabek, we're, we're Potawatomis, and we're still here. And it's just a really cool little sign. Like I said, it's got a real nice upbeat to it. Good damn it stab away ha ya ha ya ha Good damn it stab away ha ya ha ya ha ya 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 o me qua show the ayego way ha ya o me qua show the ayego way ha ya o that's pretty much the the main meetin' material is that song but it's a pretty cool little song and we just keep we keep riding new songs as we go um, it's nice for our people to be able to hear uh, Potawatomi guys uh, singing at the drum and kind of inspires them maybe to want to sing or maybe even want to dance or just take a, take a step out. They realize we're taking kind of a leap out, a leap of faith and a step out. Maybe they'll want to do the same. Maybe they want to get their regalia together and start dancing a little bit or maybe they'd like to learn some songs and join us the drum.
1: For more information and opportunities with language, including self-paced classes, visit cpn.news language. You can find an online dictionary at pottawatomedictionary.com as well as videos on YouTube. There are also Pottawatomie courses on the language learning app Memorize. <music> Hanukkah podcast is produced and brought to you by Citizen Pottawatomie Nation's Public Information Department. Our director is Jennifer Bell. Please share the show with your friends and family members. You can find CPN on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Potawatomi. Visit us on the web and find digital editions of the tribal newspaper at potawatomi.org. That's p o t a w a t o m i.org. Miguachni ganak, bama mina. Thank you friends. See you later.